the Washington Redskins officially announced they're getting rid of the Redskins thing. I thought we already knew that was happening. Uh, the Atlanta Braves have gone and said they... Footy w- McFootface. It's, uh, it's the uh, leading candidate so far for the new name. I haven't heard anybody say what the new name's going to be. Uh, I believe they are still working through copywriting things before they announce what it is. Oh, I, my my guess is they know what it is, but they can't publicly announce because the paperwork stuff hasn't been trademarked oh. or whatever. The Atlanta Braves baseball team said they will not change the name. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't I, either. What's what's derogatory about Braves? I think I can see you can't put those together, Braves and Redskins. No, maybe updating a logo. Like, yeah, I, I don't see those as equivalent to this name. Right? Yeah, you're right. You know, it could be argued. The counter argument would be, well, using uh, our culture as a mascot is just insulting. Or a tribute to. We Irish are too drunk to care about the Boston a, Celtics. Or a tribute to a an elevating of. Right, well, saying is, this is admirable, these are people who, which, I mean, they're so uh, amazing, we'd like to name our team after Which, them. by the way, there are all kinds of polls that show that plenty of uh, Native Americans feel that way. Right. Feel like it's a tribute to, it's a keeping it alive mm-hmm. sort of thing, rather yep. than the other way around. Oh, yeah, I'm not advocating that position, I'm just I'm just telling you so what you're it one is. one of those people, that's interesting. Well, I see, <laughs> I think uh, the Chicago football team trivializes uh, gigantic furry omnivores. I won't have that. Seven rules of Zoom meeting etiquette from the pros. Oh, man, I was on a family Zoom yesterday. Forgot that I'd muted it. I was just going to get my refill my water bottle, and so I muted it. Then forgot, and I kept making comments and asking my kids questions, and they were ignoring me. So I began to get a little offended. <laughs> and I realized, ah, that's right, numbskull. I assume for this conversation, I, I think Zoom has become like Kleenex, don't you think? And people, they, they include WebEx and Microsoft Teams or whatever, whatever yeah. else you're doing. We're just, yeah. In I these online meetings, right? Yeah. Um, I use facial tissue, but you can say Kleenex if you like. Daily meeting participants with Zoom only went to a peak of 300 million in the last quarter, up from 10 million before the pandemic. That's quite a change in the number of people that were doing meetings that way. Mm-hmm. Roughly two-thirds of U.S. workers who have been working from home would prefer to continue working remotely as much as possible when this is all over, according to a recent Gallup poll. That's pretty interesting. Two-thirds say, yeah, let's keep doing it this way. That's what I keep thinking. Why would I ever drive to another meeting in my life? No kidding. Why would we all do that? You eliminate half hour to, you know, much more, depending on where you live, in drive time, uh, just in terms of wasting people's time. Sure. Anyway, speaking of wasting people's times, and I know we got to get through this because everybody's doing it, but can we make this change in our hearts, my friends? The idea that I don't want to disrespect these people, so I'm going to make the meeting longer. I'm, I don't want to hurt their feelings by keeping this really tight. You see that all the time. A meeting that could be 10 minutes becomes half an hour because people don't want to say, all right, I think that's good after 10 minutes because it feels rushed. Let's change our minds on that. Let's ch- let's let's be the change we want, and make it a sign of respect that I know I value your time. I know you value your time. I respect you, so I'm going to waste as little as possible. Can we change that in society? I please? feel like it's not as bad that sort of thing with the Zoom meetings because you don't have the invested. You drove all the way out here. So if we end up having a five-minute meeting, you'd feel like, geez, yeah. I spent all that time driving. I think that's the crux of Could that. Is we can't have people drive 30 minutes for a seven-minute meeting. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. No, I agree with you, I've Joe. already <laughs> driven the 30 minutes. It's called a sunk cost. Right. That has happened whether the meeting is five minutes uh-huh. or half an hour. Right? Anyway, 
Uh, they feel like there have been enough Zoom meetings now that some actual etiquette has evolved, according to the Wall Street Journal. And they, they actually study this sort of thing. This is not a USA Today puff piece. This is the business of America is business trying to figure out how to make it happen now. Um, time to get serious about video meetings. Don't be late. Video meetings make it obvious when colleagues show up late, wasting the time of those who log in pr- uh, promptly. Some marketers recommend locking out people who don't show up within five minutes after the meeting starts. Hmm. That's an interesting idea. Zoom has a waiting room that allows a host to decide how long laggards must cool their heels before before being granted entry. A rule of thumb for all Zoom meetings, there's no need to recap for a late arrival. Correct. True to that. Unless they're a key player and then, you know. Then you recap because the whole meeting was for you. Right. Well, <laughs> I've been in that situation. Then you shouldn't have started. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. now I got to listen to this crap again. <laughs> Any meeting that can start without me without me being there is not a meeting I need to be at. <laughs> Amen to that. Uh, turn on the camera. Avatars and stock photos are no longer acceptable acceptable stand-ins at many workplaces. They're difficult to take seriously, and everybody wonders what you're up to. Because we've we've done at least one where one of the salespeople they had a, a photo there, and I can understand why you want. That it's it's a flattering picture, and you know, right now you're in your pajamas with bad lighting and no makeup or whatever your situation is. Mm-hmm. But they're saying that that's a we can't continue that. Even for introverts, even on a bad hair day, it's important to show up in person unless there's a good explainable reason. You're sick. You got a some other problem. I'm thinking of upgrading my laptop purely so I can do a, a backgrounds. Because my video card isn't sophisticated enough. I'm sure Sean's going to laugh at me for that. Because my daughter, uh, Kate, whenever we do uh, family Zooms, she'll be in, uh, she was in the south of France, and then she was in Hawaii, and then she was in Nepal. Wow. <laughs> for a while. These beautiful backgrounds. I'm going to be all third world dirt streets. <laughs> I think I mentioned this once before, but the funniest version of this I saw was somebody was on an image of him being on a ski lift. Yes. And he had full on like ski goggles and snow gear up on it. And like, oh, I'm just uh, here for the conference call. Yep. <laughs> By the way, some terminology. People who just have a picture up or something like that or a logo are known as lurkers. Ooh. No no more lurkers. That, that's a common term for people who go to message boards but don't post. Mm. Like, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm actually a lurker of several sites where I go and I try to see what's going on here, but I'm, I'm not, I'm well, not engaging. With, there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, though, no. No, yeah. not at all. That's not a, a derogatory term in that case. Uh, for, the, for the active members of those boards, they kind of have a disdain for the lurkers, eh, whatever. but whatever. They'll guys, get over it. Yeah, yeah, the people who angrily post on internet boards, I care what they're thinking, <laughs> measuring now. None. Not even a little bit. But for meetings, you can't. I mean, oh no, that's because in real life, you can't like have a meeting in the conference room pre-COVID, yeah. and like you just bring in a cardboard cutout and set it in the chair, and then you go back to doing whatever you're doing before. Oh, I can't. And that's in effect what you're doing here. I'd like to. You put up the picture, and yeah, of course you're barely paying attention right. since you know nobody can see you. Yeah. Uh, sit still. Don't pace. Colleagues, stop listening because they're watching you if you're moving around. If you need to change location. Don't just grab the laptop and go, making everybody else feel like they're on a wild amusement ride. Turn off the video momentarily so you don't make people dizzy. Okay, I don't know if that's happening a lot, but the the moving around, I, I've been distracted by that. Sure. What are they up to over there? Yep. <laughs> Boy, the key is you need to figure out what angle you want and where you're going to set your, your device in advance. Because otherwise, I always end up with it. I, re- I realize, okay, it's angled way too far up. It's, it's an unflattering shot. Oh wait a minute! No, nah, okay. Let me. Then I try to move it and reposition it. Nah, you got to get it set in advance. 
But I like this idea. I need idea to get of, one of those big, like, network TV cameras, like for the the Tonight Show on a swivel and everything. Just set that up. Just <laughs> stage lighting and all. Somebody oh, with yeah. a boom mic. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, give it more of an office presentation or feeling, or at least have that mindset. Don't treat it like you're taking a phone call sitting by your pool. It's an actual business meeting. I get that. What if I'm actually by my pool during this business <laughs> meeting? Treat it that way. No eating. Don't eat on a video call. There's something about the microphones that makes the eating a lot louder than you oh, think yeah. it is. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yep. Get good at interrupting. Conventional wisdom has been don't interrupt, but that makes it too easy for grandstanding by the so-called loudest voice in the room. Asking permission to talk via chat or raising your hand is awkward. Those moves make it impossible to achieve what's becoming the ultimate video chat when everybody in attendance forgets their meeting remotely. Video gamers know how to volley through conversations naturally. I didn't know that. Yeah, we do. They anticipate and watch for signals. Coming off mute means I'm about to say something. A good moderator is also a gatekeeper, drawing people into the conversation or giving them the hook when they've gone on too long. I, I you know, I haven't done enough of these Zoom meetings to have a ten, uh, to have a, a skill at that, but I have like tried to participate, and nobody can hear me, and then I just give up. Right. Yes, I love the idea of uh, maybe you hire somebody like an independent arbiter who's in charge of saying, "All right, you need to shut up now. You've been talking way too much, and frankly, you're pissing everybody off because it's tough." As a participant in the meeting to say that, sometimes it's needed. Close the office door. Hey, Jabby McJabber, pipe down for a minute. This is back to treating them like they're real meetings like you would at work. Turn off your phone, stop notifications and Twitter alerts, arrange for family to stay out of the way, pets, etc. Probably a good idea. Don't multitask. It's really tempting. It's also really obvious when you're doing. At the start of each meeting... Um. Uh, a lot of places they remind everybody, like they used to, to turn off your phones, like minimize anything on your screen and all that sort of stuff so you're not doing other things while you're in this. And also, do you buy this? There's an affliction that's come to be known as Zoom fatigue, a byproduct of too many meetings. I find this really interesting. At first, I scoffed at it, like, how freaking weak are we? But it actually makes sense to me. Social scientists say it's the result of the sudden mass adaption adoption, rather, of technology that's disrupting the normal, instinctual, and finely tuned way of communicating that has developed the way humans survive for millions of years. Right. We have a way of speaking and, 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 and you know, all these nonverbal cues that we've learned, and so many of them don't work in a Zoom fashion, and we're all, like, confused all the time. Mm-hmm. There's something right. as universal as, like, eye contact no longer yep. being a thing. Yep. Right. Well, this is what we've been saying for years about the difference between an online relationship and a real relationship, a person-to-person Getting together, for instance. We've Completely ev- different. We have evolved over a long time to get the meaning out of a flick of someone's eye. Our species has survived because we can produce those signals in a way that's meaningful. It is true. Mm-hmm. You can just get a, you know, a look from somebody like Joe. Give me a look. Don't say that. Or let's leave that alone. Or do you want to jump in because I'm about to? Or whatever. Yeah. And, I mean, it's very minor. But yeah. it exists. And you can't get it through Zoom. And according to this... Zoom gives you so many cues you're not uh, normal with. It takes a physiological and psychological toll as you're trying to figure out what's going on. I haven't done enough Zoom meetings to have Zoom fatigue, but that makes sense to me. I think it does. There are plenty of snowflakey complaints about, uh, you know, this is so hard for me and triggering me and the rest of it. But no, I think when you divorce people from all of the uh, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of nonverbal interactions, or even the subtleties of tone of voice can get lost in those Zoom meetings. Yeah, I think we're all 
We're all feeling like this is weird and I'm stressed. I'm stressed every single second I'm on one of those calls. Interesting. Even if it's family, I just, I'm uncomfortable. Wow. Especially, you know, my sister organizes these calls and I'm glad she does it. They're great. They're a positive, no doubt. But you got like seven, eight different people and I just, one-on-one is complicated enough for me. Hmm. But yeah, so in a business setting, yeah, they, they stress me out. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. The Wall Street Journal would like to point out some things about Trump's uh, pardoning of Roger Stone, as it's being called. Maybe we can get into that at some point. And what black peace activists are saying in Minneapolis about the city council's idea to disband the police force. They don't like it a bit. Stay with us. We'll talk Corona a little bit at the bottom, a new antibody study that is troubling. The uh, Surgeon General was on Face the Nation yesterday, and I got to tell you, he's he's a less than um, impressive person in the midst of a crisis. Oh, yeah. He he has a quote you will be repeating to your friends it was, that we want to play for it, you. It was damned funny. Uh, I think a good lead into what you're about <laughs> to talk about, I just came across this. Thomas Sowell, who we've been using as um, our daily quotes for a while, right? Freedom, love, and quote of the day. Yeah, he's, he's one of our heroes, absolutely. He just did an interview in which he said he believes the U.S. may be reaching a point of no return. With our cultural views on a bunch of things. Oh. Specifically, they were talking about the defunding the police stuff and all that. But just in general, mm. I, I agree. I actually think that's quite possible. We may cross some sort of tipping point where we can't ever put things back together again. Yeah, yeah. And when 51% of folks are in favor of something that will lead to our disillusion, that's that's a big problem. I mean, the, the 25 to 40% of people who just have these idiotic ideas about how a society ought to operate, you can deal with that. You know, and, and in fact, you know, some of the utopians, they actually play a useful role. They remind you, OK, we got to be compassionate and all law and order is not everything. You know, some compassion is good. But when the unrealistic utopians reach 51 percent, then we may be, like he says, point of no return. I don't think you have to get that far. There's actually been studies done over over many centuries about revolutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I should dig the numbers up because uh, I think I'm close and in, in having them memorized. You only need about 15% of committed active revolutionaries that can pull off a revolution. Looking at the Soviet Union, looking at the French <laughs> Revolution, looking at revolutions throughout history. Mm-hmm. You also need, I forget, it's something like 30% of people who are more or less in favor with it wouldn't go that far, but they're too scared to say anything. Right. Then there's another chunk of people that don't agree but are too scared to say anything, mm-hmm. and that adds up to over 50%. Right, yeah. that's it's a, The point's well taken. It reminds me of one of my favorite Samuel Adams quotes about you don't need a majority, just a tireless minority, a tireless, irate minority bent on change. Um, I would point out, though, that if uh, what's happening is absolutely horrible for the country, illogical and stupid, uh, all we need is a tireless, irate minority resisting it. True. Too. Good so, point. So, hey, folks, let's be that. Like we were talking about earlier, just disgusting, morally indefensible uh, move by Penn State taking down a tweet that said everybody's opinion counts, including p- conservatives. Well, the, the lefties, and I saw some editorials by musicians I really admire over the weekend that just pissed me off, talking about... 
well, you've you've seen the claptrap before. It's that it's it's not free speech unless everybody has an equal voice, which is an interesting way to see the world. Uh, cite for me, please, even one place in history, one time in history where quote unquote everyone has had an equal voice. I, anyway, I, I've seen this happen a lot, and. The transition from free speech from these people describing it as it is a tool of the oppressor as opposed to the tool of the underdog is baffling to me. Right. I I hear what you're saying. And, you know, the thing I was going to do, we'll do later because this is super important. Do you have a... No, no, no. I was going to say, and and I almost engaged with some of these people because I like him and admire him so much as creative artists. I thought having them promote something that is loathsome and horrifying, and the entirety of human history would suggest it will end in abuse and oppression. I just, I wanted to, but I didn't, because I don't get pulled into those things online. But the point is, if you can get your legislation passed that declares what is free speech and what is hate speech and what is acceptable and unacceptable speech, if you can get that instituted, you are the powerful. Because you got it passed. You have power, so you, the powerful, have told the powerless what they're not allowed to say under the mantle of standing up for the powerless. This happens over and over again. (laughs) Read history. Read a book. I've read several. Momentum. What? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. When stay safe by washing your hands, by covering your cough, by staying home if you're sick, masks do not work for the general public in preventing them from getting coronavirus. So that was the Surgeon General back in what, March or whatever. And I didn't believe that at the time. I don't think most people believed that at the time that masks were... No, they were clearly... Hoping people didn't buy them up so the nurses and doctors could get them. Mm. Just say that. I don't like. You give me thirty seconds, I could craft that message. I don't like that sort of government uh, treating us like children attitude. Uh, I know it. That's why I'm saying, be honest. Anyway, he was uh, saying, look, if all the doctors and nurses die, we're going to be screwed. So you all don't know how to use these masks anyway. And here's how you can fashion this cotton T-shirt into a mask that is 60% of what It'll, these M95 exactly, things do. To keep you from spreading it to each other. Yeah. But no. So now practically everywhere you got to wear a mask. The president's wearing a mask. Even the Surgeon General was wearing a mask on the interview yesterday when this came up. The week before that, you tweeted in all caps, seriously, people stop buying masks. You said they were not effective. Do you regret saying that well it's important for people to understand that once upon a time we prescribed cigarettes for asthmatics and leeches and cocaine and heroin for people as medical treatments when we learn better we do better (laughs) did he just compare the mask about face to putting leeches on people yeah so yeah they used to use leeches now we don't things change right centuries ago seven weeks ago whatever times you know things are accelerating (laughs) that was a homer simpson like oh my gosh explanation we could play the blame game (laughs) wow that was awful how'd this guy get to be the surgeon general anyway have you considered being good at your jobs (laughs) i have not been impressed with his act so, so a little reality on some of the numbers there are eight states 
uh, hit their record deaths last week. Deaths are a pretty good indicator of things. For the last several weeks, cases have been way up and getting a tremendous amount of media coverage because so much of the media wants this to be bad for all kinds of different reasons. You get clicks, it could get Trump out of office, etc. Sure. But cases have been up and deaths have been down and everybody's been trying to, what could that be? Well, deaths are a lagging indicator, they say. Well, maybe that is the case. Because as of today, the 14-day rolling average, cases are up 51%. Deaths are now up 28% as they're starting to tick up. And it's still not a huge number. We're a long way. We're not even close to the peak of a couple of months ago. So we'll keep an eye on that, obviously. Um, Deaths are up 28% where? Nationwide. I only talk nationwide. I'm a nationwide guy. I like the biggest numbers possible. Okay. Cases are up 50%. Deaths are up 28%. But like yesterday, 395 for the entire country. Deaths. 395. Huh. That's a good number. That's interesting. I have much different numbers than that. For the national? Yeah. That's weird. Rolling average? Yeah. Oh, no. I, I'm on the daily. Uh, yeah. The daily rolling average. Yeah. They, well, well, they, no, they, just, they update the rolling no, average the, every no, day. No, the number of dead people. It's not a rolling oh, yeah. average. It's I think, literally the number of deaths. I think you got to go with averages because it, well, I think it, it's useful, it yeah. bounces up and down so much because of the way people report. Welcome um, to Stat Battle. Jack has one stat. Joe has another. Which stat my- is best? <laughs> stat <laughs> Battle. <laughs> I'm big in the averages and that sort of stuff to try to sure. get as more a big a blanket thing as possible. You're for averages. I'm for excellence. Um, go but, on. But nice we, one, Joe. Thank you. We got this. Oh, and so that big headline over the weekend was Florida had the most cases we've ever had. Even more than New York had back back in April. They also tested like ten times as many people. So, come on now. Deaths are the number in, in hospitalizations. But even that can be misleading because you got the whole hospitalized because of COVID or hospitalized with COVID thing. Right. Um, but we got this text now, but this is common around the country. We returned to the office as of June 22nd. This week, we were told we cannot go to the work in the office anymore. Mm. 100% face. 100% telework again. How tough is that on so many businesses, restaurants, that thought, okay, we're open back up, bring the people back in, <laughs> get the supplies coming back in, because, you know, we had a limited menu because we didn't need all this hamburger or whatever we sell. You'd get that rolling again, and then a week later, you got to close back down. That's just going to be devastating on top of devastating. Yep. Yep. And we haven't really talked about schools this morning. That was one of our big conversations last week, how it's utterly clear the kids have to be back in school. It's doing them tremendous damage not to be. Everybody says that. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, the teachers' unions are dead set against it. Uh, and, and listen, they have a point. I don't like some of the arguments Republicans are making. I think they're doing themselves a disservice long term by pushing some of these things. Um, I am. I think it is mandatory to get the kids back in school for all kinds of uh, learning, mental health reasons, stuff like that. I don't like the argument because this usually comes from the left about schools, and now Republicans are making the argument because they want schools to open. But all the abuse that happens at home, I don't like the whole "you're better off at at a government institution than at home" angle. Yeah. And then the yeah. the getting fed. There are a lot of students that don't get fed. I don't like the push in the fact that the schools are our national feeding structure. Right, you no longer are responsible for feeding your children. That is not a the, good. You're trend. off the hook for that. That school. Yeah, and I think Republicans pushing that it's a mistake. But yeah, anyway. I would agree. Well, we could mention that uh, there's a, a st- oh yeah study yeah. Uh, a new coronavirus antibody stu- antibody. Hmm. I'm just take gonna two. take gonna take a couple of deep breaths. 
It'll you be know, fine. Gonna, I, Get your word straight, Jack. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit down. Just go ahead and center yourself. Yeah, well, I've had a lot of coffee. Do you want me to, to read it? I've been speaking yeah, English since I was I'll a take, child. I'll continue to yeah, take okay. my deep breaths. New coronavirus antibody study found some people's antibodies began to fade after a few months. Uh-oh. If it turns out that you get this thing, and then unlike so many other diseases, you know, you, you get it once and you're immune. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it fades after a while and you can get it again. If that turns out to be the case... It's going to wipe out the human species. Well, a couple of outcomes. If if we cannot come up with a good, safe vaccine. All right, that's an option. Then, yeah, that will drop the life expectancy. If, if you can just get it over and over again until it finally gets you, yeah, life expectancy is going to go from, you know, 88 women, 86 men down to like 69, 70. Um, I, I hope we can come up with a good vaccine and or uh, therapies. So you're much less likely to die. We truly understand how the disease works and can attack it. That's another possibility. Look, we used to use leeches on people. Oh, for God's sake. Things change. You learn. They, they got to get a better surgeon general. I want to bust it down to surgeon to under- private. Well, it's important for people to understand that once upon a time, we prescribed cigarettes for asthmatics and leeches and cocaine and heroin for people as medical treatment. See, when we learn better, we do better. I'm bothered by the policy, because I think it was treating us like children. I'm also bothered by that. You've had quite a while to come up with a, a way to explain that. <laughs> right. And that's what you came up with. Yeah. This is your bull crap? <laughs> I'll hit it with the leeches thing. <laughs> As a professional bull esser, I just resent the lack of exactly, skill. There. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I've seen cocaine prescribed for I'm too tired to drink anymore. It's not a good idea, kids. Bad for the ticker. There is lawlessness. <laughs> I'm too tired to drink anymore. <laughs> Uh, I prescribe cocaine. Uh, Coming up, black peace activists in Minneapolis, where the whole terrible George Floyd thing happened, are saying defunding the police is the last thing we want to do. So some brave voices. But lawlessness is on the rise. Crime is on the rise. It's a shame, but it's true. It's indisputable. And you want to get in touch with Simply Safe. They are offering the best overall home security system you can buy, according to U.S. News & World Report, the best. Yeah, what's the number one sign of a bad home security system? One that's so complicated you never actually use it. And I've heard that from a whole bunch of people who've had them installed. This is how you install Simply Safe. It shows up, you order it, it shows up in a box, you place the sensors, you plug it in, you did it yourself. Now your home's protected around the clock. That's why it's the best, it's easy to use. Yeah, but it's every bit as effective. You got the doorbell cameras and sensors and everything you need. Just go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong, get free shipping, a 60-day money-back guarantee. And it's real. This is an honorable company. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong, so they know we sent you. And again, it shows up pretty quickly. The installation is effortless, effortless, and it works. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So uh, these, uh, oh, there it is over there, sorry. Put it under my uh, Simply Safe uh, information. Following the protests after the killing of George Floyd by a psychopath, Minneapolis City Council pledged to, to begin dismantling the Minneapolis Police Department. Oh, okay. But that plan has sat very, very poorly with the people who are, unlike the city council communists, aware of what's going on in the communities. And this group of black peace activists held an urgent news conference late last week, 
And one of the activists, Lisa Clemens, who's a former cop herself, she's now with uh, A Mother's Love is the name of the organization. She said, we cannot continue to watch these bullets flying through our community. She says the time has come to stand up to the city council and call its plan what it is, BS. It's time to stand up for this, stand up in the city. It's time to tell the city council that utopia is a bunch of BS. Our neighborhoods have become like the old west. This is not Mayberry RFD. We're in the wild, wild west, and it's time for some answers. Um, and then uh, other activists say, "Listen, we can reform and we can reimagine the police force, but we need them a lot right now." Minneapolis, one of the many cities where violent crime shootings just skyrocketing, terrible. We played the tape earlier of AOC said, well, it's because people, they, they don't know whether they should pay the rent, so they're shoplifting bread. She actually said that. It's troubling that there's such a chunk of society that will immediately go to hurting people and taking things if they can get away with it. Yes, they will. We like Absolutely. To, we I have like, a large predator class in this country. I like to pretend that there aren't that many people that want to do that. You could do away with police tomorrow. I'm not going to steal anything or hurt anyone. I'm just not. Right. I'm going to drive very fast. <laughs> <laughs> Stay off the roads. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to hurt anybody. But there's a group of people out there that just the only thing that keeps it from doing it is they've gotten caught a couple of times. If they do it one more time, they'll be in prison for a long time. Mm. That's the only thing that stops them. Yes, that's correct. Yeah, or the fact that they're in prison. They're in prison right now, yeah. it's You know, it's not a huge group of people, but there is a significant group of human beings that are predators and always will be. And the only way to keep uh, the country safe, your community safe, is to put them in a cage. Well, it doesn't, take, lock it. It doesn't take a very big percentage. I don't know what the no. percentage is, oh, but, no. you know, obviously if you had three out of 100, 3%, right. that, that or 30 out of 1,000, and then they're breaking stuff and hurting people. That'd be plenty. Well, and there's quite a movement afoot, aided and abetted by the media, to convince people who were otherwise law-abiding that they don't have to be. That, you know, you're oppressed, you're beset, or, or white people are bad or whatever. Therefore, it's okay to break the law. And people have never broken the law, and, and they, they love the country, and they thought, if I work hard, I can get ahead. They've been fed this poisonous message. And so, yeah, you're seeing lawlessness on the rise. Plus, the cops are being told, stand down. Don't, don't, don't wrestle a suspect to the ground. We don't care who he shot. And Trump is tweeting just this today. The oh, this will be helpful. Go ahead. The silent majority will reign. It gets to that okay. very question of the law and order. I don't know what chunk of America out there, when it comes time to vote, is going to go with the candidate that's talking law and order the most. Now, maybe Biden takes up that mantle uh, closer the, uh, to election. During the general, day. yeah, pivots to the middle. I wonder. I just know if Donald J was like twenty percent less dishy, he could win by twenty five percent. Oh, absolutely. He would win in a landslide if he could just restrain himself. Or if there was anybody who could convince him to just. I don't think he'd have to take off that much. I've always thought if he'd just like sand off five percent of the rough edges, mm-hmm. he'd be so more much more palatable. Yeah. To yeah. so many people, doesn't have it in him. I'll be so presidential, you won't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, strange times. You huh? got to get a Surgeon General that comes up with better bull crap, I'll tell you that. Yeah, no kidding. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Everyone's waiting to see it. 
So we're going to have sports and what kind of sports we're going to have, to what extent or whatever. Um, uh, Big Ten Conference and the Pac-12 both announced they will not be playing outside conference games for football. That's assuming they're playing any games. Mm-hmm. Um, so they just continued chipping away at the upcoming seasons. But one thing they're going to do in the NBA, and I hadn't heard that this was happening. Last week, the NBA announced that players... Uh, playing in Orlando will be allowed to wear pre-approved social justice-related messages in place of their last names on the back of their jerseys. Phrases like Black Lives Matter, I can't breathe inequality, will be on the back of jerseys if they decide they want to do that. I'm out. Instead of their name. Charles Barkley had some comment on that, uh, Hall of Famer and uh, highly paid commentator, saying that this is turning into a circus and we spend all our time worrying about who's kneeling and who's not kneeling and not spending enough time on actually getting police reform, prison reform, the the topics at hand. And he's absolutely right about that. And he went on to say this. Well, actually, I, I think your question is a great question. Uh, it's a re- And I really don't know the answer to that because obviously <laughs> we are in a, in a divided country and sports used to be a place where fans could go and get away from reality. And now it's such a mixture. I think it's going to be fascinating watching what happens with the fans. And obviously the fans are at such a disadvantage because they're going through the pandemic and they don't want to see a bunch of rich people uh, talking about stuff all the time. I think it's a, uh, like I say, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, but, you know, these people all have lost their jobs. They're struggling financially. They're not going to get their jobs back. And the last thing they want to do is turn on the television and hear uh, arguments about stuff all the time. I mean, it's it's going to be very interesting to see how the public reacts. I agree. I said I'm out, and I mean it. I just I can't. If somebody's running around with various slogans on their shirt, when I'm just trying to take in entertainment, I will choose other entertainment. I absolutely think they ought to advocate for whatever they believe in their free time, but not at work. LeBron, not during the show. LeBron waited on this today, Sean. Uh, well, he has said that he, uh, a reporter asked him, what are you going to put on the back of your jersey? He's just said James. Uh, he's just okay. going with his name. And he said, I actually didn't go with the name on the back of my jersey. Uh, it was no disrespect to the list that was handed out to all the players. I commend anyone that decides to put something on the back of their jersey. It's just something that I didn't really seriously resonate. It didn't seriously resonate with my mission and my goal. Yeah. Well, if your mission and goal doesn't include uh, making a living, I don't <laughs> It's entertainment. Um, well, see how it turns out. Particularly the Black Lives Matter one is get you know it's so complicated because you've got the sentiment that almost everybody agrees with, and then the political movement, the actual well, it's it's, it's a party basically uh, that almost no one agrees with. Mm-hmm. And uh, as it's someone, time to tear down the family and uh, install Marxism. It's right in their beliefs, right? Do away with religion. Right. Do away with the free market. Um, so, well, we'll see how that works out. I can't believe the NBA went with that. Well, they're afraid. Yeah, they are, and they're getting a hell of a lot of pressure from their players. The NFL is as well. If the NFL becomes politicized, I'm out of that, too. I'll just find something else. I've been watching Cornhole on ESPN lately. They got, like, professional Cornhole Leagues. What is oh, that? 
It's the, it's the, the, bean the bag toss, toss the beanbag at the, the little ramp with well, the hole in it. How about you call it a beanbag toss? Because it's called something cornhole. Something as abhorrent as cornhole. That's what it's called. That's just wrong. Well, get over it. That's it. I mean, it's right Pick there in your TV listings. ESPN. Great. Cornhole championships. It's not the America I want to raise my children in. <laughs> I was taken aback myself when I first <laughs> heard the term used since it's a term for something else. Back um, in the day, there's a uh, wait. There's, it is there's yeah. A, some of these guys are very good though. I, I've I've been watching them now. I know how to play. I can't wait to go to my uh, my buddy's house who's got to set up and play again because I think I got the trick now. There's a Netflix uh, documentary right now. The 15 wackiest sports like that from around the world, and it includes a bunch of stuff. I don't think that's on the list, but stuff that looks really cool. I'll watch that. I'll watch sure. that instead. It's the guys throwing giant heavy weights over boards and yes. people riding on horses kicking around ahead in Afghanistan. And right. What is they ride around on their horses and they get like a calf's head or something? They yeah. whack it with mallets. Now that's some, that's entertainment. And nobody's got a logo on the back that's some sort of political statement. Huh? They're just com- probably com- not. They're just competing. <laughs> yeah. Huh? The purity of competition. <laughs> Welcome to Afghanistan calf head or whatever. What do you call it? Monday night calf head. <laughs> da, 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 da. Good battle tonight, Jim. We got the Corongal Valley against uh, Kabul Heights. Uh-huh. Those Kabulers really can whack the head. I can't wait for tip off or the gunshot or they have a race. I don't know. I'm laughing at the the notion of the purity of sports anyway when everybody's roided up and cheating in any way they can. And then in the amateur stuff, they're. Uh, molesting all the uh, underage girls and, <laughs> and hiding it from the authorities and ah, the purity of sports. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, these are cynical times. Well, yeah, I'd but say. I, I, I'd still like to be able to watch sports, though, and not have politics shoved in my face. Well, that's why when you're flipping through the TV guide and you see cornhole, you click 